um, I go wherever there's a need. And through the past, I think it's been uh, five, six months now, um, I've been to all parts of St. Louis, north, south, east, west, city, county. Um, it's really opened my eyes up to a lot. Driving around and seeing everything unfiltered um, really gave me a new perspective on where I was, the city I've been living in, because it's so different learning about it in school versus seeing it firsthand. And we learned firsthand about my guest's love for her city and how she's using her sewing skills to help it where it needs it the most, along with more than 100 other volunteers. I'm Sarah Fedsky. This is St. Louis on the Air. Shirley Pan is just a freshman at Washington University, but she's already making a big impact. The 18-year-old undergrad is the founder of Project Masked. The initiative puts young people with sewing skills to work making masks for kids in need, and so far it's donated several thousand of them. And joining us today to talk about this work is Shirley Pan. Shirley, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So up until everything shut down in March, I understand you volunteered at St. Louis Children's Hospital. What got you first thinking about the need for child size masks? Yeah, so I actually was aware of the severity of the pandemic a bit earlier because my family is from China, and so we have a lot of relatives there, and we were hearing stories very early on. And so when the first cases started coming to St. Louis, I knew that I wanted to help in some way, but I wanted to do it in a really socially responsible and really impactful way. Um, I had a couple of friends who were doing mass drives, which were great at the time, but I was also aware of the PPE shortages, so I didn't Mm -hmm. want to necessarily do a mass drive and, you know, accidentally take away medical grade masks from the healthcare workers that needed them the most. And so I thought about it for a while. And then I remembered um, on one of my pre-pandemic shifts at the St. Louis Children's Hospital, how there was a girl who wanted to leave her room, but she was on isolation. And so she had to put on a mask and the mask that was given to her was this little tiny mask with animals on it. (laughs) And I thought about that and realized that it was the giant, giant mask that I see, I'd see. i seen in stores, probably didn't fit kids, mm-hmm. um, and especially there are a lot of kids in St. Louis who may not have access to um, direct purchases of those child-sized masks um, or probably in need of something that fit them better, and so the idea blossomed from that. Well, it's a great idea. And man, remembering back in those early days in the spring, as a parent, it was so hard to find a child-sized mask that fit. And as you say, this this one with a cute pattern on it, something that your kid would be willing to wear. Um, so this idea is a great one. But then turning this into something where you're producing thousands of masks, do you yourself sew? Yeah, Um I actually do so, and my grandma, back when I lived with her um, in Japan and China, she actually taught me when I was about three to four years old. Um, so from a very young age, I've been sewing by hand. Wow, that and is very really young. That... She, she mm-hmm. had you without a machine? You were just there with a, a needle and thread as a three-year-old? Yeah, no machine. Um, supervised, of course, but <laughs> yeah, so I just help her. Uh, so you, you knew how to sew, um, but I understand you also ended up having up to 150 volunteers who've worked on this. How did that part of this come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, after I came up with this idea, I realized that in order to actually make an impact and actually do something, we needed to scale it and we needed to mobilize some of the 
people that I knew. And so I had just gotten Instagram and on my stories, I posted a, a, an announcement saying, Hey, I'm going to be making masks. Does anyone want to join? Not expecting anyone to reply. Hmm. But within the first hour, even we had 30 people just getting back to me. And I was thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe these are teenagers who really have never picked up a needle or thread before. Um, who are willing to help. And that's just been something that's so heartwarming all along. After I started at WashU, um, along with one of my friends, we started um, a club. And we really wanted to do something where students who were stuck in their dorm rooms could do something and be connected with other people virtually while giving back to the community. And so we also put out an announcement during the activities fair that we were starting this club and anyone who wanted to sew could help. And again, I was not expecting anyone to sign up, um, but we had over 100 people wow. reaching out. And so just it's really just been so nice to see how active and how willing to help everyone has been. Boy, that is, that is wonderful to hear. Um, but you mentioned in this first group of volunteers, not everybody knew how to sew coming in. Did you have to teach them or did you point them towards a tutorial? How did you get over that fairly important hump right there? Yeah, um, they were so long to learn. I mean, I sent them a couple YouTube links. I told them it was like weaving. Um, and, you know, we could see week after week people were sending in new masks and they just got better and better as they came. And it was just so amazing to see the progress that they made. Um, but practice makes perfect. So how were you sourcing the material for this? Did, did you provide that for your volunteers or they had to get it on their own? We provide all material. Um, some volunteers do have material of their own. But what happened was um, very early on in the first couple of days, I actually had some leftover material from a couple of other projects that I had done while in high school with my neuroscience club. So we used that. Um, then we had a really big donation of masks from one of my high school friends, um, Nia Sachs. And she, because her family was making some masks too, and she gave us some materials. And later on, I had another individual who reached out to give more fabric and then another individual some elastic. So it's really just been community sourced. Wow. I mean, this is such a great undertaking. It just warms my soul to hear about all of this. Um, and then let's get to the good part here, which is um, distributing these masks. H how did you end up finding uh, the sort of places that would be able to get them to the people who actually need them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was something that was really important to me because I wanted to be giving the masks to to distribution centers, to clinics, to youth services that would actually be able to get these masks to the children that needed them the most. And so the first place that I worked with was The Spot, and um, the lead nurse there, Carrie Schaus, was amazing about coordinating with me. Um, and we found out about them actually through WashU. Um, all along WashU, especially Gephardt Institute, has been so great about helping me, um, even before I was officially an undergraduate, with uh, helping me identify the areas, the youth clinics that were servicing um, the children most at need, even through the pandemic. Hmm. And so we started off with the spot, and then I also um, I started calling around. I called, I think, the Boys and Girls Club, Covenant House, um, Casa de Salud, as well as eight other areas, and um, we've just been going from there. Wow, that's so terrific. Now, I understand you went to Ledoux Horton Watkins High School. I'm wondering if mm -hmm. getting to know all these organizations has given you maybe a fuller picture of St. Louis. Yeah, for sure, and I'm so glad that you brought this up because... Um, you know, growing up in the suburbs, I'm limited to going to just a couple places around St. Louis. You know, I grocery shop just 
down the street from where I, I live. Um, mm-hmm. I, I work um, in, in places that are pretty limited. But um, when I go out and distribute masks, I don't choose where I go. And so um, I go wherever there's a need. And through the past, I think it's been uh, five, six months now, mm-hmm. um, I've been to all parts of St. Louis, north, south, east, west, city, county. Um, it's really opened my eyes up to a lot. And um, I remember back in summer 2019, I heard Dr. Ross, um, Bob Hansman, and Jorge Rio Pedre um, talk. Uh, and they they were talking about the health disparities in St. Louis um, and along with the work that they'd done at the Brown School and the Gebert Institute with health equity works um, and for the sake of all. And, you know, driving around and seeing everything unfiltered um, really gave me a new perspective on where I was, the city I've been living in, because it's so different learning about it in school versus seeing it firsthand. Hmm. Um, and so I really, really um, don't take anything for granted anymore, and I really am aware of all the issues that do exist and what we need to do moving forward. Hmm. Well, this sounds like this project has just been such a success. And honestly, I'm ready to hire you as CEO. Like you just went in and, and made this thing happen. Thank Do you, you see a, a future for yourself in, in the clothing business, say? You know, I've always said that um, secretly I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was a kid. Um, but I think that this has mostly been a really nice hobby of mine to relax and unwind through Um but I think where my passion really lies is in medicine, and this is really thanks to all the amazing mentors that I've had through my life, um, especially now that I'm at WashU, my advisor, um, my my uh, lab PI. They're they're all really amazing physicians, and seeing the work that they do to help children around St. Louis um, is something that really inspires me, and I really hope to pursue a similar route. Hmm. I understand you're part of a, it's, it's called you're a university scholar. This is like an eight-year program mm-hmm. where your undergraduate would be immediately followed by doing medical school. So you're well on your way on that track. As, as much as I, I think you. a lot of college freshmen don't know what they're doing, you're you're on that path where this um, this is very realistic for you and, and this is a plan. Do you see yourself continuing to dabble with, um, you know, as you say, it was a dream, maybe a secret dream to be a fashion designer? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe when I retire, <laughs> that's really <laughs> part of the future. You're though. Be plenty busy, I think, with medical school. I do want to ask though. So, so Project Mask, um, you've been working on this now for months. Is there still a need for these child size masks today? Yeah, um, surpri- I, I, I'm hesitant to say surprisingly, but it is almost because, you know, I there have been certain points throughout the project in which I've thought, you know, maybe the need is winding down. Maybe I should reconsider or refocus where I'm going with this. But um, I actually just had someone request more masks the other day. Someone asked, are we going to get more before Christmas? Um, and I was thinking, wow, uh, you know, there still is a real, real need for masks. And although um, we've donated a couple thousand. I think I read in the last census there are about um, thirty thousand kids in St. Louis. Hmm. Um, how kid, how a kid was defined, I didn't look into, but you know that's a lot. And if we really do want to make sure every single one is provided with a mask, we still have a long way to go. 
Well, this is really great work you're doing. Is there anything those of us in the community um, who maybe can't sew, I'm just speaking for myself here, but people who are, who are feeling inspired by this project, is there anything that we could do to help or any thoughts you'd want to leave us with um, after this great work you've been doing? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for asking. Um, anything, anything, um, if you want to help, if you're interested in the project, interested in learning more, um, just feel free to send us an email or if you have Instagram, um, reach out to us via direct messages and we can talk to you. Um, we can find out where you can fit in and we're always open to more help in whatever way. And what's that email address for people who are feeling that call? Right, thank you. Um, Project Mast HQ at gmail.com. Okay, Project Mast HQ at gmail.com. We'll make sure to also get that on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. And Shirley Pan, founder of Project Mast, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for this really important work you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.